Welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast, hosted by theologian Krista Bontrager. Each week, Krista provides practical teaching to help everyday Christians gain a deeper understanding of their faith. And now, here's Krista. Hey everyone, this is Theology Mom, also known as Krista Bontrager, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Theology Mom podcast. As you can see, I have a very special guest. This is my daughter, Emily Bontrager, and Hello. glad to have you here. This is the first time we're, we're ever uh, kind of doing some content together. Yeah. It'll be cool. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, maybe we should start off by having you kind of talk a little bit about your interest in gender theory, because we're going to look at some clips today and, and have you comment um, on feminism and feminists and gender theory. So this, we should start say, by saying, like, you don't have a PhD in gender theory. You're not trying to pass yourself off as an expert. It's more of a hobby right. for, for you. That yeah. would be a way of saying it. Yeah, it's a hobby. Um, I'm interested in gender theory and feminism and learning about that. I'm loosely read Judith Butler and like I'm familiar with the kind of critical theory side of those issues. And um, my background is in English and I have a bachelor's degree in English writing. So I've, you know, done some work in the kind of critical literature theory side of things and feminism and gender theory is heavily used in that field. So, yeah, I'm excited. What made you want to do a deeper dive? Because I know in college you had to take a class on critical theory um, from a literary perspective, but you're not in college anymore. You don't have to read these books. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so what made you like want to continue with engaging in that content? Yeah, so the question is, Emily, why do you subject yourself to continuing to read these people? Yeah. Um, and I think the answer is, I just find it interesting. It's something that so many young women my age are caught up in, whether or not they agree or disagree with mainstream feminism. Um, and issues of gender are very um, just prevalent topics of conversation within our culture today. So I'm very interested in kind of thinking about those things from a Christian point of view because it's they're popular topics and they need to be thought about from a Christian perspective, um, who else is going to do that? You know? <laughs> so I think you're raising a really important point because um, it's one thing for Christians to say, I, I don't hold to this framework, but it's another for some Christians to come along and say, let me learn about this framework so that I can begin to comment on it and how it compares and contrasts with historic Christianity. Yeah. And I mean, much like the, you know, the race issue, when someone comes along and says, you know, like, I, you know, why don't you care about women? Why don't you want to empower women? It's like, well, I, I want, I like, you know, I'm a women woman. are great. <laughs> I want, you know, there to be opportunities yeah. for, for me to, you know, go off and pursue a career and, you know, yeah. freedom and all these things. Um, so, you know, it's not an irrelevant issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be able to have thoughtful Christians comment on it. Now, I know that there's, um, you know, people working on this, on this kind of the secular side of things. What's a voice that people might look into that they might not know about 
on the Christian side of the conversation of gender issues? One person I would recommend, she doesn't do a lot of interviews, um, but she has a couple that are out on YouTube, is Abigail Favale. I okay. think I'm pronouncing her last name right. She is a Catholic um, and she does a lot of really good work in the feminism gender theory space from a Christian perspective. She used to be a feminist and a um, her background is in literature. And so she does a lot of work thinking about these issues. Um, but then when she kind of came to faith, she had a radical change in the way that she looked at um, the issues of feminism mm -hmm. and um, has really started to develop a kind of a Christian way of thinking about these things, um, very much informed by the creation that God has made. And, yeah. and it's, I'm, yeah, I'm, I always enjoy listening to her. She also has a very dry sense of humor, so it you know, makes for a great watch. <laughs> <laughs> so um, some people might have questions about a Catholic scholar, but we should probably point out that there are many quality Catholic ethicists yeah. and scholars who Protestants actually usually tend to borrow from, <laughs> if we're honest. So um, there are many traditional or historic Catholics who yeah. work on theological issues. Um, and just because they're Catholic scholars doesn't mean that they're progressive or anything yeah, of that she's nature. She's very thoughtful, very informed by scripture. And, um, you know, I, I would say that her work is probably relevant to Christians, regardless of your denomination. It's important, even if you maybe disagree with her on some points. Okay. Um, it's worth a look into. All right, cool. All right, with that, let's get into it. So tell us, give us a little setup here of what we're going to be watching today. We're going to watch three clips and comment on them. Yeah, so we're going to be um, reacting to a Vice panel. Vice is a news outlet, news organization. They hold sometimes debates or panels where people from different um, backgrounds or political ideologies will come together and um, <laughs> debate or just have a conversation about really, you know, hot topics. Um, now, Vice isn't a Christian platform. No, they're not. Okay. They're pretty progressive, pretty okay. like. Yeah. So they tend to platform more progressive voices. Yeah. Yes, they do. Okay. Sorry. All right. Yeah. So um, we're going to look at a video. People can go watch the whole thing on YouTube. It's called Anti and Pro-Feminist Debate Abortion Trans Rights and Hashtag Me Too. Yeah. And it's interesting how the, um, the people who are just asking questions in the panel are characterized even in the title here as anti-feminist. Yeah. So we're going to kind of see how that plays out. Who wants to be anti-feminist? Yeah. Anti-woman? Yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's get into it. So this first um, situation that we're going to watch is, we should say that this panel is quite um, diverse. How would we define diverse in this context? <laughs> it's got, you know, people from very progressive leftists, way of thinking about these issues and then like a couple people are in the middle um some are more leaning one way than the other mm -hmm. um and then you've got a couple of maybe not outright conservative people i'm not entirely sure the backgrounds of all of these people but um 
I think they're in the conservative space or conservative. Okay. Uh, but we have a disabled person. Oh, right. Yeah. We've got a couple of people from different ethnicities. Yeah, that too. We've got a, I'm going to guess like a non-binary person in there. Yeah, there's at least one biological man on this panel. Okay. All right. So with that, let's get into it. We're going to watch them try to define feminism. I think feminism is attempting to say, okay, the first thing we agree on is that there are barriers and friction to what I need and what I want based on the fact that I'm a woman. What it ignores is that, and what privilege is, is that you may not have to think that being a woman and being a black woman and being a black woman who has a disability, for example, impacts you further. You have more barriers. You have more friction. You are less able to get what you want. You're undervalued in a way that's like, okay, well, you know, that's life. That's what I mean by equity and that we're able to, without friction, all get the same needs met. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. See, I disagree with that. I think life is easier if you're a girl. Um, actually, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot advantage. of benefits, um, <laughs> that men don't have. I'm, I'm not going to speak anything to race. I'm just talking about gender specifically. It's usually like an excuse. Like, honestly, I think as a girl, you have equal opportunity in the world. I think there's benefits. Like, for example, we have quotas for women in specific jobs that are given to us that aren't given to men. So yeah, I would, I would say it's easier being a girl. Just from a viewpoint over here, though, it seems there's a lot of privilege, pretty privilege in what you're saying and mm. that you're white and you present. Do you think I'm pretty? Thank you. I think that you present in a way that beauty standards have accepted. And so they call me ugly on the internet all the time. They they be roasting me daily, I swear to God. I don't mean to say I think you're gorge. I just mean that there's a certain value that we give to certain bodies. I mean, let's that. also dig into mm -hmm. why these quotas exist and why these, um, what you're calling because privileges Because we want special exist. treatment. Um, no, but it's because there have historically and presently in most jobs been fewer women mm -hmm. because of sexism. Okay, so that was a little short clip there and they're, they're kind of volleying about whether or not it's, it's good to be a girl. It's good yeah. to be a woman. Yeah, the question was, is feminism alive today? Mm -hmm. um, and so they're, attempting to define what feminism mean or what does it mean to be a feminist? Maybe that would be a good thing for us to talk about a little bit because that's something you've taught me is that there's actually different streams of feminism now. It's kind of fracturing. And um, first wave feminism was more of the, the like 150, 120 years ago, focusing around the women's suffrage movement, um, work, you know, working and and that sort of thing. Then we had um, kind of second wave feminism, if you will, after World War II. Yeah. Okay. And then women are leaving the home more, and there was this kind of question of anything you can do, I can do better. Kind of feminism, you know. And then we get into more third wave feminism. From what I understand, is more like early 90s Probably in there like the sexual revolution sexual revolution so okay women um abortion rights okay you know things things to that event okay that late nature. 60s early yeah. 70s type yeah. of thing okay and now we're in possibly fourth wave feminism so break that down for us like help us have the landscape of when people are out there engaging with others the different streams of feminism yeah, so feminism today uh, is, to my understanding, fractured. Um, so you have the kind of 
what we see is mainstream feminism, which uh, accepts the premise that um, you know trans women are women, um, that there is, you know, being a woman is more about a feeling, you know, uh, what was that thing? A vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> um, okay. But there's also like, you know, things like abortion are kind of the concrete abortion, the pay gap. Those are kind of the concrete things that feminists in the mainstream feminism that they accept. Access to women's sports. The idea of, um, I don't know the proper term, but men who are wanting to transition to women, right. that they should have full participation yes. in yes. women's sports. Yes, yes. Okay. because they're women. And so it's a feminist issue for trans women to be in women's sports because they are women. And so okay. it kind of makes it a trans and feminist issue at the intersection there. So if we were just to put a, like a label, I know some people are so very averse to labels, but for the sake of the conversation, um, let's put a label on it. Um, what do we call that particular stream of feminism? Um, they don't really have a name for themselves, but what I would probably turn them is uh, mainstream feminism okay. because it's what is the feminism that you see most often it's out there in it's, the social media yeah, it's in the disney movies it's in the you know the every everywhere that you kind okay. of see feminism usually it's that, that mainstream feminism. okay so trans women are women trans women are women trans women are in women's sports okay yeah. all right so what's another stream of feminism that people might run into um Another big splinter group is the gender critical feminists, um, which the mainstream feminists refer to the gender critical crowd as TERFs, trans exclusionary radical feminists, meaning that they do not accept the premise that trans women are women. Um, they hold to biological sex. Um, so being female is something immutable, something that you cannot change um something that you know you you shouldn't allow biological men into women's spaces because of the dangers to biological women from trans women um so is this kind of the martina navratilova jk rowling stream of feminism yeah, yeah. so these aren't necessarily christian people but they are people who would agree with us that sex is immutable genders and sex go together and yeah. they are immutable yeah but they might still be part of the l g b yeah. crowd but yes. they're just minus the t yeah they so they real one of their big things is um kind of fairness or equality for lesbians because a lot of trans women will say that they are lesbian and go on lesbian dating apps and try to get lesbians to sleep with them and it's you know if you're lesbian it's like well that's not you don't want to do that <laughs> that is scary and not something that you want yeah so their their big um thing is kind of justice for that issue um so they're very pro lgb um but with, with the t that's kind of been the point at which they've uh, had to kind of step uh, up and say, ah, we're, we think this is actually kind of dangerous. Um, and it's not to say that they don't accept, you know, transsexuals, so people who actually have gender dysphoria. Okay. Um, 
you know, who transition and live their lives as men or women, but still acknowledge that I am a biological man or I am a biological woman. Um, kind of the old school transsexuals. Yeah, so people with a medical diagnosis. And, yeah. yeah. So again, these are sometimes called TERFs. Yeah, TERFs. TERFs is a derogatory term, though. It, yeah. It's what mainstream feminists call this group of feminists as a derogatory term. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, the, the would people in this, voices in this stream, uh, be an account on Twitter like gays against groomers, you know, that they're more, they're, they're trying to speak out against um, grooming children for trans things, but many of them who are involved in that movement are homosexuals. Yeah, I would say gays against groomers could fall into this category and probably overlaps a lot in terms of their philosophy and thinking about this. Okay. Um, but I mean, I don't know if the the people who if they run, see themselves if they that see well. themselves That's, as gender critical okay. All right. feminists. Okay. Um, so technical term, gender critical feminists, yeah. derogatory term. Turfs. Turfs, yeah. Okay. And some of them have taken that and like embraced the label. But okay. You know, um, All right. This is very confusing. Okay. Lots of <laughs> <laughs> now also in that stream of the gender critical, one of the things I've heard is that um, there's kind of a, a movement among the trans community, like you said, to um, even call it transphobic if you're a lesbian and you don't want to date a yeah. trans person yeah it's considered transphobia to be a lesbian and be attracted to biological women women okay also another component of of this group that is raising a question of like the trans movement seems to be wiping out a particular group of women that we used to call tomboys yes <laughs> there is that <laughs> uh we might have two of those here on this stream uh but there was there when i was growing up there was a way of thinking about myself as a woman that it didn't mean that i wanted to be a boy just because i like to play with trucks or go to karate class mm -hmm. now if you are a girl and you want to play with trucks or go to karate class you might be a boy you're, you're a boy yeah so there kind of is no room for people like us. And I've grown up to be, you know, have a great life, a wonderful family. I just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary, raised two girls. I've had an accomplished life and I've made a way yeah. to have peace with myself. Did I have some unconventional, had some unconventional hobbies and, and things that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, but that's something that is, kind of being erased yeah that there's no space for people like us that's probably one of the saddest things is girls who and, and i think a lot of women can relate to this um when you hit puberty you know everything feels weird everything changes very suddenly right. um you know you are turning into a woman and some people might be uncomfortable with all of the things that come with that and um so, or, you know, like you probably also maybe just like basketball <laughs> and you like to hike and you like to do things that are not traditionally uh, yeah. feminine, but I think, you know, those things, um, they can be kind of 
picked out maybe and you know a little seed of doubt might come in you know especially in today's when you're in today's time when you can scroll on you know tiktok and instagram and twitter and you might see you know something that might put a little pebble in your shoe that hey you might be a man or you might you this is why you feel comfortable and so it's the explanation for why everything feels weird and you know it can become kind of a a fixation for some people is that this thing will fix my uncomfortable my uncomfortability which that maybe you see as um something defective in you right um and that's just sad because you know being a tomboy doing things that you love to do regardless of whether or not they're traditionally feminine is beautiful because because you a woman are doing those things they are feminine things because you can do them in your own unique way Yeah, because you you're a woman and you're doing a thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah so for you when you were growing up you liked archery and you know um it's just it's like who's to say you know whether that's necessarily a man's thing you know you you just you did it in your own unique way and and I always encourage you guys hey try new things and let's do it and um all of that so the things you do don't determine your gender yeah yeah I'm glad you got that message (laughs) that was something I was trying to teach all right let's go on with the clips here Pearl I saw your hand up yeah um I think women want to sleep around and not have any consequence for it hell yeah Yeah, we do yeah (laughs) Yeah, instead of, you know, taking personal accountability and being on birth control, they just want to, like, do whatever they want. <sighs> Hold on, I'm going I'm to comment on this real quick because this is a great clip. So Purple Turtleneck Girl, yeah. I don't know what her name is, but she seems to be kind of the Ann Coulter of the group. She's sort of the conservative, and she says things in sort of a provocative way. And I th- I'm thinking, like, you're in a room full of kind of, left of center to totally leftist people. She's literally surrounded. (laughs) But she's she's being pretty fearless about it of like, well, I just think that, you know, on abortion, women just like sleeping around and not having accountability. I'm like, I sort of agree with that. And then the woman with the kind of butch haircut sitting next to her, which you said is a famous influencer. Uh, It's Eli Ehrlich. Okay. Um, He's been in the news recently. I'll say that. You can okay. Google that. Okay. So <laughs> this this person uh, kind of says, "Well, you, you you say that like it's a it's a bad thing." Um, so I think they're going to go from from there into the discussion. But I thought, wow, what yeah. courage that that woman yeah. had to just speak up yeah. like that. And they were all like, "Yeah, yeah." There's no shame. And then they kind of pause. And- <laughs> what happened to abortion? And we want it to be safe, legal, and rare. I mean, that was what they sold us on back in the early 70s. Okay, here we go. Uh, instead of, you know, <laughs> taking personal accountability and being on birth control, they just want to, like, do whatever they want. <sighs> you say this like it's I a think bad that's thing. Yeah. It almost sounds like you said. <laughs> Can I also ask, do you have any care to empower women, or is disempowering women part of your, like, steez? To see this as shame, insult, guilt, need to be right, okay. Okay, there's so much here. Like, there's so much happening in this clip. (laughs) So, you know, um, she immediately reacts to, or the the, the woman with the vest and the coins on it, we're going to, there's one in the clip where she's she's an anti-capitalist. That's kind of her deal. Um, But she immediately equates accountability and 
not sleeping around with disempowering women. So, so walk me through that, that train of thought. Yeah, so that kind of comes out of, it's empowering, the, the train of thought is, it's empowering for women to embrace their sexuality when they have been oppressed um, and not been allowed to express fully their sexuality. Um, and so that being promiscuous, being um, sleeping with multiple people, not having any consequences to embracing your sexuality um, is considered empowering because it, I mean, I think it put because it puts men and women on the same level because they can both sleep around without any consequences. I see. Uh, physically, at least. So that's kind of the train of okay. thought. And then Purple Turtleneck Gal, the conservative, she immediately calls this out, which I think, again, she's very provocative and brave. She just immediately goes to, oh, you're trying to shame me. Okay, I get the, I get the ploy here, you know, and, it, but the, the power of the words is just so interesting. But this woman is kind of two steps ahead of all of the, the progressives in the room. She's not going to be shouted down on yeah. these issues. And honestly, if she wasn't saying these things, they would all just be kind of talking and having like a ego stroking. <laughs> They'll be agreeing with each other. <laughs> yeah, oppression. Yeah, self-empowerment, like, abortion. No. Can I also ask, do you have any care to empower women or is disempowering women part of your like stees? You see, this is shame, insult, guilt, need to be right, okay. I, why is it empowering to sleep around? No, no, Why what I'm empowering? saying is like, I feel like you, you do like take, like the way Why you speak on women is very sort of like, ah, women just don't want to do this. Ah, women just don't have Sorry. this. Yeah, ah, yeah, women yeah, just want to yeah, this. Maybe I and I wonder why maybe you have so much like hatred towards women. I don't, I don't hate women. Where does that root in? It sounds like women. you do. I am a woman. This reminds me so much of conversations I had with Monique in the very beginning, because immediately CoinVest girl starts calling out a bunch of motives. You know, you're disempowering women, you hate women, all of this is like, now wait a minute, I don't hate women. You know, Monique used to do similar things to me, like, well, you're only saying this because you're racist, you have these, these issues, these beliefs. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't, I, that's not how I feel at all, I'm, I'm not a racist, you know? But it takes a lot of courage and sense of yourself to push back when someone's really coming at your motives. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, she's being accused in that of having internalized misogyny and like okay. being internally misogynistic to herself. She hasn't awoken to the oppression that she's seeing. She is, um, she hates women because of what she's been taught. And so what the woman is uh, question, questioning purple turtleneck girl <laughs> on is where did you learn this internalized misogyny? That's so interesting. So again, if we were to think about the intersectional chart, what Monique and I call the matrix of oppression, you know, we're just on a different intersection. Mm -hmm. We're on the intersection of sexism, you know, instead of racism, but the, the, the issues are the same. It's, yeah. it, you know, this whole idea of being woke to your your uh, misogyny instead of your 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 race yeah. your racism against yourself 
I, 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 I don't mean you don't have self-hate. I self could be black and still be inter exactly. internalized racism. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm saying specific things <laughs> that you're saying, like women don't want to work, women don't want to this, mm -hmm. women want to sleep mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Where did you learn these uh, belief systems from? Because, okay, they, the question was, why, why does abortion keep getting brought up? 40% of women that have had abortions have had two or more, 40%. Good for so, so what does that say to me? That means you're using it as a form of birth control and they don't track the 60%. What kind see, of abortion? Can you let me finish? They don't track the 60% to say who in the future has abortions. So to me, it's like, why are, they, why are they dying so hard for abortion? They want to sleep around with no consequences, even though you have 41 forms of birth control. Who does that benefit? I don't think that benefits women. I think actually that benefits men because it means that men can have sex with you without consequence. It means that you can sleep with whoever you feel like, great, but there are consequences because women are the ones who get pregnant and carry babies and give birth. It's very these are, binary these are, these are, version of yes, sex. Yes, because, because sex is binary, but, but please let me finish my point. Oh God. <laughs> It's tricking women into thinking that aborting a pregnancy, terminating pregnancy, is something to be celebrated, when in reality, for a lot of women, especially those who are doing it under duress, say that they've been raped, or that, you know, in, in, this, in the small circumstances where something really traumatic has happened to them, that's a medical decision. Or, or say that they're, they're miscarrying and then they have to, you know, have a, a, an assisted termination. That's a medical procedure. It's not a celebration of, oh, look at this. Wow, a lot happening there. Yeah. All right. So who's the, what is that? She from Australia, New Zealand, that gal in the end there. Yeah, that is uh, Sydney Watson. She is from Australia. Okay. She is a influencer. Um, she makes a lot of videos on YouTube. She does like documentary almost style type video essays on these issues. She talks a lot about women and feminism and gender stuff. Um, so would she be more in the gender critical theory stream? She would be more in the gender critical stream, I would think. Um, yeah, she's not a Christian, I don't think. Okay. So in that clip, what we really saw was there's a lot of people in that room that were seemed kind of ready to co-sign that abortion as a form of birth control. They're A-OK -okay with that. So no longer, we, we've left 1972, 73 of abortion is safe, legal, and, and rare. Um, and, and now we're just going to use it as part of our everyday life as um, birth control. And yeah. they seem okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's empowering women. Women are being allowed to embrace their sexuality without consequence. Okay. So this would be it's more empowering. in the mainstream feminist yeah, mainstream feminism okay so i, I want to come at this from the um position of an athlete oh jesus um so so i play semi-pro basketball semi-pro volleyball so when it comes to like athletic spaces i don't think that trans women should be allowed into athletic spaces because i don't think it's a fair um i think we, as female athletes we work so incredibly hard for the little opportunity there is in women's sports would this be a like, barrier for like you this or? there's no barrier there's less opportunity in some industries that's, that's what a barrier is. there's less it's not no 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 it's that's based on the market okay hold on Hold on, guys. Okay. So, again, we work very hard for the little opportunity there is in the space because we're not as entertaining as the men. Sorry, we're just not. And so it's like you're going to take the little opportunity that we're given. And the problem is, like, it, we can't compete. 
we can't. Like, I, I'm six foot. If I go up against a six foot guy and I play basketball with him, he's going to body me. And even what happens even if, if I go up if, against you? Even, 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 even if I have years more of training. And so it's like you're taking away the little opportunity that we're given and we all work so hard for. And you're just giving it back to biological guys. It's like this will be the end of women's sports. Have Eli, you tried confidence? Uh, Eli, hold on, Minnie. <laughs> Sorry, Eli. confidence can't make me bench what a guy benches. I don't confidence can't make you me guys six, are seven. so hostile. She's sharing her and experience can't make in me six, a specific No, she's sharing And I'd have to go. No, she's yeah. not. She's, she's, she's a woman who's had no, an experience. Okay, there's more to this clip. We're gonna we're gonna watch the rest of it. But I I wanna say, like, isn't it interesting how in this conversation, and this is a tactic that that um people who are more progressive often use, is when the conservative point of view is is being shared, then it's immediately labeled, well, she's no, she's not sharing her experience, she's just sharing her misogyny. It's just hate. It's just hate. But if a progressive person shares her experience, then it's, we should celebrate it, listen. You're not beautiful, you're brave. Yeah, not question, yeah. all of that. So they can just kind of, it almost gives you this permission slip that you can just write a whole group of people off and a perspective off in how it's being labeled. Yeah. Oh, that's just internal misogyny, internal racism, that sort of thing biological guys it's like this will be the end of women's sports have Eli, you tried confidence uh, Eli hold on Minnie. <laughs> sorry Eli. confidence can't make me bench what a guy benches I don't confidence can't make you me guys six, are seven. so hostile she's sharing her and experience confidence can't make no she's sharing and I'd have to go no she's yeah. not she's she's, she's a woman who's had no, an experience you guys are so obsessed with your own experiences and your own existence and yet when a woman is sitting here telling you I feel as though this is unfair and this is compromising and this situation is not helping women you guys are like but when you're like I'm a black person that did this, 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 and this, then it's valid and, and fair and viable. Eli, I want to give you the chance to respond. Um, so this is basically a joke of a talking point. Everyone has biological advantages in sports. How, how tall are you? Um, five eleven and a half. I'm yeah, tall. I'm I'm five foot eight. Mm -hmm. I am a trans woman. I you would crush me. You would absolutely yeah. bone crush density, me. wrist strength, yeah. muscle density. You can't switch those. Yeah, exactly. You would crush me. But also, Eli, you would never play at the level that Pearl plays because um, you would never get there. So let me give you a few more examples here, too. So Michael Phelps produced more lactic acid in his body, which caused him to swim better than any of his competitors. This was widely celebrated and nobody contested it. Now, to, this is a performance enhancing hormone. So we all have different bodies. And now I'm not saying that trans women who aren't on hormones should participate, but there are, I mean, every major medical and every major sports organization agrees that trans women who have been on hormones for between one and three years, depending on the organization, have the same competitive abilities. That's, that, did the study that you're referencing had like seven people participate in. That's misinformation, not, by the that way. I'm referencing several different studies. I'm a trans woman and a researcher. It's getting is, personal. I don't want it to be personal. A lot of us live in this space where we're told that our sure. opinions don't count because they're not the right kind of opinions. And we're constantly shouted over and talked over regardless of what we look like because there's one group in society that basically takes precedence and it's frustrating. So yeah, of course, <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating because when we try to talk about it, we get shouted down, we get told to be quiet, we, we get 
we get spoken down to as well. So okay, yeah, there's hostility there for plenty of women. Let's try to make this an opportunity <laughs> to speak You're with literally each a white woman then. from Australia. You live in a bubble and you're pissed that voices that have been silenced forever finally can be heard. That's why they have the voice because they speak up. <laughs> the cackling. Okay. When I, when I first watched it, that scared me. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I think that that's a great example of, you know, what we were saying is that, you know, where the time that we're living in right now, if you have a certain point of view, you will be shouted down, laughed at, called names. So in that way, then as Christians, if we find ourselves in that position, I think we have to have some internal fortitude that this is likely to happen. This is likely how people are going to respond. There's no amount of being nice that's going to cause people to avoid that engagement with us. Yeah. I think understanding that their reaction is on them and mm. it's not up to you to make them react in any particular way. Mm -hmm. um, you're responsible for your own reaction to things. And so, you know, keeping a calm head, presenting the facts, um, you know, being kind in the way that you're presenting the facts, but, you know, ultimately not budging on the truth and what's true. Um, and then just kind of, kind of allowing their reaction to be owned by them. Um, and knowing that you can't always mitigate that. You can't always yeah. prevent it. They might start screaming at you, but that's not your fault. Yeah. And that's their responsibility. And that's the way that they're choosing to react. And that's not anything bad on you. Uh, I think the flip side is also true that when we are in those, when we're in the majority, we have a responsibility to make sure that we are not treating people in that disrespectful way. Yeah. And so if we find ourselves in the minority, understand that we can stand our ground and be polite, but that people might laugh at us and we can just hold yeah. our ground. But if we're in the majority, we want to take care to treat minority viewpoints with respect even if we disagree with them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, our battery's about to die, so we're gonna have to okay. be done. Right. <laughs> but this has been a lot of fun. Um, let's maybe leave people with some a practical idea of when they find themselves in engagements with feminists, you know, to understand, first of all, they're gonna have to discern which stream of feminism they're, they're dealing with, yeah. to, just to be aware of that. Um, but also to think about um, ways that the Bible uplifts women, you know, that we have a better hope mm -hmm. to offer people than, than the world does. Um, maybe you can just comment on that a little bit from your perspective on where you, where you find that historic Christianity offers a better hope than, than this. When I was in college and, you know, watching feminism and how it was interacting with the people around me, one of the things I really kind of gravitated towards uh, instead was looking at all of the examples of strong women in the Bible. So Ruth, Esther, um, Mary Magdalene, uh, Priscilla, who, you know, helped straighten out Apollos when he was, you know, teaching some poor theology. Um, I think it just 
looking at those strong examples and understanding that there there is a place for women in the kingdom of God and that we have just as much um, strength and just as much um, opportunity to further his kingdom um, than uh, as men do. And, you know, we might just have a different, you know, way of going about it. And I think that that is, you know, equally as beautiful as what men are allowed to do in, in their role as, you know, leaders or pastors and things like that. So. Yeah. So that's great. Cause I like, I like to say that Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the great commission is a command that Jesus gives all his disciples. It's not just for men. It's men and women co-partnering um, to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, you and I are not egalitarians, you know, on that side of the conversation. Some people that watch this might be, and that's cool. We can have that conversation, but we both come from faith traditions, you know, that are, that are, um, you know, looking to men for a level of leadership, but also affirming the, the robust contribution of women in ministry and in partnership of the great commission. And also like, just think of the women in your lives, um, that in your churches that, you know, there's probably like, I'm noticing that in churches, there's usually like a couple of very strong women that are integral to the success of a, of a church. Mm. Um, and that's usually the case. Like, yeah. I mean, in our church growing up, my church now, like, they're just strong women. Um, we need them. Yes, yeah. definitely. Well, thanks for doing this with me. Yeah. It was course. a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, it was great. So we hope you enjoyed this. We'll look forward to your feedback and um, what your thoughts are about critical gender theory and mainstream feminism and all of that. Thanks so much for watching. God bless. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the Theology Mom podcast and add your review. You can also follow Krista at Theology Mom on Facebook and YouTube. Join Krista for more theology adventures on the All The Things Show, co-hosted with Monique Dusan. Thanks for listening.